You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Let me send a special welcome to any of our new listeners. I know we've had a lot over the last couple of weeks, and I really appreciate anyone who's taking the time to give our show a chance. And a special thank you to all of our returning listeners, our loyal fans as well. We have another great show planned for you guys today because what we do have is some Brandon Staley talk because Brandon Staley did an interview on the Doug Gottlieb show and opened up about some playoff situations that happened over the weekend and talking about how he would put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands if he was the Packers and he had a fourth and goal situation with the game on the line. So that's good to hear. We'll also talk about Daniel Popper bringing up the fact that the Chargers coaching website does not have a couple of coaches like Phil McGowan or John Lott on the roster anymore. And then in the second segment, we're going to be getting into Brandon Staley's comments about each of the new coordinators. He opened up and gave a little excerpt on each of the guys that the Chargers brought in for their coordinator position. So we'll get into what he had to say there and what stood out to us. And then to wrap up the show, we have some voicemails and we have some really good voicemails this week. We're going to talk about if Melvin Ingram would make more sense to come back now with Brandon Staley taking over. And we're also going to get into whether or not the Chargers potentially rushed to get Brandon Staley to help build the coaching staff and also why they didn't end up going after someone like Robert Sala if they were going to end up going with a defensive-minded head coach. So a lot to get into today. Let's go ahead and get into it. One of the things that popped up on my Twitter timeline on Monday was the fact that Brandon Staley was on the Doug Gottlieb show. And I mean, he's been everywhere in the media over the last couple of days. I definitely can appreciate the fact that he's getting out there and definitely giving us stuff to talk about out there. But he was asked about one specific question at one point on the show, and it was about the Packers situation over the weekend against the Buccaneers where they had a fourth and goal situation from around the eight or nine yard line. They decided to kick a field goal in an eight point game to make it a five point game and hope they get the ball back. They did not. And everyone I think was thinking, why would you kick that field goal there, David? And I think Brandon Staley echoed that, but I did think it was kind of cool just the way he said it because he said, if it was me, I'd put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands. And that's exactly what you want to hear. I mean, coming from a fan, coming from an analyst who has watched this team very closely the last couple years and watched Anthony Lynn be very, uh, let's say, Jekyll and Hyde about his fourth down decisions to hear that, you know, he's going to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands because, I mean, hey, I mean, he could run it in. He could throw a bullet. He could, you know, they could draw a, a penalty, whether that be holding or a pass interference. Or, like uh, Brandon Staley mentioned, that if you don't get it, you know, they're going 93 yards, the length of the football field, to try to score. And you could potentially put a lot of pressure on, on them defensively. And, you know, you can get a safety. There's tons of outcomes there. But you have to go for it in that situation. I was I was stunned that they made the decision to kick the field goal when you have Aaron Rodgers, who is going to be the MVP of the league this year, who has been on absolutely on fire, and you don't give him an opportunity to score, I just don't. When the when you gotta have it, like I just don't understand 
that decision-making. So to hear Brandon Staley say, hey, I'm giving the ball to Justin, that's music. I mean, that's exactly what we want to hear. When the Chargers faced that themselves with Tom Brady earlier in the season, I mean, they were down in the game. They decided to punt early in the fourth quarter. I think it was around nine minutes left. They could have decided to go for it and not, you know, let Tom Brady extend on a lead. Instead, they didn't. They punted, and pretty much the game was over. But also, the Chargers learned that in the overtime against Kansas City in Justin Herbert's very first game, they had the ball. They decided to punt the ball to Patrick Mahomes. And in this case, you know, Aaron Rodgers is doing it to Tom Brady. And then what happened? They end up going down and getting the game-winning field goal. And I think... Really, if you have a chance to take the game into your own hands, if you trust your offense and you have, you know, someone like you were saying, David, Aaron Rodgers getting the ball there, I mean, you should probably trust him to go do the best thing for the team. Especially when he's in Super Saiyan God mode, like all season long. I mean, he was ridiculous this year. And it's not a surprising thing to hear Brandon Staley saying this. I mean, I think most coaches would tell you the same things. I mean, analytically speaking, it would have been the right move, even though it wasn't as wide of a margin as I think some people would have thought it was. But even your gut instinct tells you, hey, if Tom Brady only needs a couple of first downs to win a game, I'm probably not going to try to let that happen. So I thought that was interesting about Brandon Staley. And I think it's funny just because I feel like I find myself searching out times where Brandon Staley is talking because it is just a joy to listen to him talk about football in any degree. He's just that kind of guy. But another thing that popped up in my Twitter timeline was Daniel Popper pointing out the fact that some Chargers were not on the coaching staff that were current or that were previously like Namely, Pep Hamilton wasn't on there. I thought that was interesting. Obviously, he's been linked to a lot of offensive coordinator jobs throughout the league. He hasn't gotten one yet, but that wasn't the only one. Strength and conditioning coach John Lott wasn't on there. James Campen wasn't on there, and that's not a surprise because we already know he's gone. But the other one was Phil McGowan as well. So a lot of guys on there, David, and I think Pep Hamilton is the one that probably stands out the most because he's not on there. And I would say it's a non-zero chance that he comes back. I mean, I don't think there's no chance that happens. The Chargers don't have a quarterback coach at this point. But him and Phil McGowan, I think, on the offensive side, I mean, just from what we saw from Phil McGowan, not just in hard knocks, but also the production he's been able to get out of a couple receivers, plus, you know, Justin Herbert and Pep's involvement in his growth. I mean, those two would be hard to swallow, but also come with the you know territory of cleaning out a coaching staff and letting Brandon Staley fill out his vision. Yeah, to Tom Telesco's credit, he said that Brendan Staley was going to be able to fill out his staff and get all his people, and so far, that's exactly what has taken place. And yeah, I mean, last year, you can't help but get attached or, or you know, grow some admiration for some of these coaches. I mean, especially watching Phil McGowan in uh, Hard Knocks and seeing that fiery personality and, you know, that demand for accountability. I mean, you all love to hear that and, and see that. I mean, that was, was great a television and you know you want to have that personality but at the end of the day it's all about Brandon Staley bringing in his coaching staff and the people he wants to work with it's it's his vision from the top so if you're not in line with that vision or if he feels like there's somebody else that's better to carry out that vision then that's what it's going to be but for Pep Hamilton uh, I mean I wish the guy all the best I mean he did great work with Justin Herbert obviously he had Justin Herbert had one of the best rookie seasons in NFL history I just hope that whatever happens to Pep, that he gets the great opportunity to go out there and showcase his skills because he is a hell of a coach. Yeah, and he's had success in this league as being an offensive coordinator. I mean, he's still, you know, in one of the top, he is still being mentioned with a lot of the top offensive coordinator jobs that are out there right now. So it's still a possibility he could sign on somewhere else, but 
if he was going to get out of the Chargers organization, it would be now when they get a new head coach. So I would say, I mean, his time is probably gone. And I do think that sucks for Justin Herbert. But you'd have to think if that's the case, they just weren't on the same page as far as what they wanted this offense to be. And I just think that there's obviously no relationship there between Pep Hamilton and Brain and Staley. But it is a loss. It's a huge loss for the team just because we know how much that Pep Hamilton had to do with Justin Herbert's, you know, evolution into the NFL. I mean, he would just got so much better from the time he left college to the time he stepped onto the field for the Chargers. And I think that is going to be a big loss and they better, you know, bring somebody in that can fill that position. Obviously they already have a couple of guys now in Joe Lombardi, who's been a quarterbacks coach before. And obviously just did that with Drew Brees in new Orleans. So they are bringing in other guys. He's a former quarterback himself. Brandon Staley is, but definitely a big loss. And then there's other guys that it's just, more emotional just because you know what he means to the team. And I think that would be John Lott, the strength and conditioning coach. I mean, the Chargers getting a new strength and conditioning coach, it's not like they've been the fastest or most physical team. So only so much of that is the strength and conditioning, but that's where the blame is going to fall a lot of the time. So the fact that the Chargers are getting new guys in that department, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it's just another opportunity to get to the cutting edge of what the rest of the good teams in the NFL are doing in that department. And the Chargers injuries and all those things would probably scream that they should have that. But it did seem, David, like the guys had a really good relationship with John Law. He was an easy guy to like. The guys definitely listened to what he had to say. So there's definitely probably going to be some hurt feelings inside the locker room just about missing a coach like that. Yeah, for sure. And also on social media, you, you saw him working with Derwin James a lot to try to help rehab him. Yep. And you hear Derwin James saying how pivotal or how instrumental he was in that recovery process. So, I mean, he's there to motivate him and keep him on track and keep him and keep him mentally, you know, in the game dealing with another catastrophic injury. I mean, I don't think that can be uh, undersold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely John Lott was an easy guy to like. And again, we hope he lands on his feet. But I mean, this is what happens whenever a new coach comes in. I mean, like I said, he wants his guys. So that's what's going to happen. And I'd take a, a, you know, this list with a grain of salt as well. I mean, George Stewart is still on there as a senior analyst. He obviously was the mentor to Anthony Lynn, so you don't know if he's going to stick around. They also have Seth Ryan, who's the offensive quality control coach, still on there. But that was obviously a tie with Anthony Lynn knowing Rex Ryan so well. So that made sense at the time. Those are the kind of relationships you have to wonder about going forward. There's also Ron Miles' son, who is on the defensive quality control side you wonder about those going forward if you know some of these other guys are leaving the building but they're still on the list it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way so it was interesting to see that but we do have two more segments to get into we are going to get into Brandon Staley's comments on all three of the Chargers new coordinators coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is Bet Online. AG. There's only one more big weekend left to bet on football, guys. It's Super Bowl Sunday coming up fast, and the best place that you guys can bet, the place where you're going to find the best prop bets, as well as even just bets like who's going to win the 2021 Super Bowl, where is Matthew Stafford going to go? There's so many good bets on there for you to choose from, and Bet Online is going to give you the best spreads, the best prop bets to bet on, and that's the one place that we know, the one place that has you covered, and the one place that we trust and they will even give you some free money to bet so make sure you guys go sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus that's promo code locked on all caps for your 50 percent welcome bonus at betonline.ag 
All right, well, the Chargers have been very active this weekend, especially over the weekend when they brought in all three of their new coordinator positions for the team. This is something we had talked about a lot. The Chargers were linked to a ton of guys, but they ended up you know, going with three names. They ended up going with Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. They ended up going with Darius Swinton as the special teams coordinator, and they went with Ronaldo Hill as the defensive coordinator. So all of the big-time coaching positions underneath Brandon Staley have now been filled and he opened up about it and I wanted to start with Joe Lombardi just because that was a big question mark and a guy that you know has a questionable past as far as being an offensive coordinator in his time in Detroit and we talked about yesterday hey you know give it some time it's not probably going to look the same as it did in Detroit and it's probably not going to look the same as it is in New Orleans and what he said was the wealth of knowledge and experience he possesses having operated within one of the premier offensive systems in the NFL for over a decade you think about the relationship he has with Drew Brees and having a front row seat to that relationship between him and Sean Payton and he basically was saying that the Chargers are going to have an offense that yes might take some things from the Saints but is also going to be made under Brandon Staley's vision. And that's one thing he's talked about all along is it's going to be his offense, Brandon Staley's offense, and Joe Lombardi is going to be calling that offense, but it is going to have roots in what Brandon Staley wants to do. And I think he's living up to it, you know, with these quotes about it. And I think that that's something, you know, they're staying consistent with. Obviously, we have to see how it plays out, David, but that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Yeah, he goes out and grabs a coach that has that experience that Brandon Staley just doesn't have. I mean, he has 25 years of experience coaching in the league, and he's been an offensive coordinator in this league, been a quarterback's coach, and been around one of the best offenses in NFL history year after year after year. The Saints are always explosive on that side of the ball. So if he's bringing bringing over some of those concepts, that's not exactly a bad thing. I mean, I could definitely see what they do with Taysom Hill a little bit with Justin Herbert. I mean, incorporate some of those things and get a little bit more creative. I mean, those are all positives in my mind. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be Brandon Staley's vision, but, um, you know, adding some experience from Lombardi and his ability to throw in a couple of wrinkles, which, I mean, people around the Saints say that he was doing uh, with the with the play calling. Uh, that's going to be a good thing. So uh, having somebody that's going to you know bring that experience to the table on the offensive side definitely a positive for this coaching staff. Yeah, and what he actually had to say about Lombardi was just the fact that he has a lot of great ideas about what this offense should be moving forward. So I think that played a big part of it when he you know talked about him bringing in Joe Lombardi. Obviously, you have to be sold on what Joe Lombardi thinks he can do with this and obviously how Joe Lombardi be running Brandon Staley's offense, so to speak. And Ian Rapport. And there's a connection too. I mean, there's definitely a connection there, Daniel, with, with him being actually Brandon Staley's offensive coordinator at Mercyhurst. So another guy he's very familiar with. Yeah, and we talked about that on yesterday's show. I mean, all three of these guys have connections with Brandon Staley at some point, but it was actually Ian Rappaport that came out today and was talking about the Joe Lombardi hiring and just basically saying that the thought process is it's going to be some of the things that the Saints did well. Obviously, why not try to take some of those things? But also that infused with what Brandon Staley wants this offense and you know his vision for Justin Herbert is going to be. So that's obviously something that's kind of convoluted and you have to see how it works out because I'm sure, you know, Joe Lombardi has his ideas. Brandon Staley has his ideas and they're going to have to coalesce. They're going to have to, you know, gel and work together or else it's going to not work out, you know? So, and let's give him, let's give him a clean slate too. Let's give him an opportunity to showcase what he's learned uh, since the last time he's been an offensive coordinator. I think he, he deserves for everyone 
to let him go out there and do his job before having any preconceived notions of what he did because of his past. Yeah, I mean, you have to hope it's better than what his stint was with the Lions. Obviously, it's a very different team, but, I mean, at the time, it didn't work out for him, and, you know, I'm sure he learned a lot from that, but it also doesn't mean he's going to be great. So, yes, he, the only way he's going to be able to prove it to anyone is by what the Chargers offense looks like when it comes down the field, and he is in control of what Justin Herbert, the fate of the franchise, is doing out on there. So, I do think it'll be important for him to, you know, play a big, you know, part of what this offense is going to be and he'll have to do better than he did the last time. And I think everyone does have to, you know, let it play out in that sense. But he did also talk about Ronaldo Hill and he had some more glowing things to say about him. But what I thought was most interesting to me was just the player development part of this. So what he said was operating at the highest level as a player, playing for some tremendous franchises. And then as a coach being in our system with head coach Vic Fangio and the type of work that he did with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, it's a rare combination. He was instrumental in making Simmons an all pro and one of the best in the game operating in one of the top systems in professional football. So that is another thing that is obviously huge. Brandon Staley is going to be calling the plays defensively. So to have a guy that is so in tune with player development as the defensive coordinator, David, especially as the Chargers probably will have to bring in some young guys in the secondary soon I think is pivotal it is extremely important I mean we definitely need player development we talked about it on shows past how we haven't seen a lot of it and that needs to be incorporated and one thing that Brandon Staley said that was going to be very important for him and his coaching staff were finding guys that have that same fervor that same energy towards teaching the game and helping these players get better and of course that's the core you know of every coach out there but I think this is, you know, him truly, you know, putting his money where the where his mouth is. He want, he said he wants to go out there and formulate an elite staff and again, this is another guy he is very familiar with. He goes on and he says, "Hey, this is a guy I have a great personal relationship with and he has a tremendous background to help our team be successful." So, I mean, that's exactly what the Chargers need and yes, they're going to have they have some a good mix of some superstar players with Derwin James and Joey Bosa and they have some guys that they need to get a little bit more out of like in Chennai Wosu, Jerry Tillery, I mean, even Michael Davis, who had a, a pretty decent year. We'll see if he comes back. But yeah, I mean, seeing the work he did with some of those defensive backs in Denver, I mean, that's pretty exciting. And hopefully he's able to bring that type of development to the Chargers. Well, and the Chargers have developed some guys. I mean, Michael Davis has gotten a lot better. Rayshon Jenkins has gotten a lot better. We've only seen one year of Nazir Adderley, but hopefully this is a guy that can come in and get the most out of his players. And I think that's really all you're looking for, for the most part, especially for a defensive coordinator who's not going to be calling the plays. But getting on to Darius Swinton, another guy we talked about yesterday. We were excited that he had a ton of special teams experience that he was bringing to the Chargers, even though he kind of bounced around the league a little bit. But Brand Staley brought up something different that also excited me. He started just by saying that Darius has tremendous command and is a great teacher and has the ability to see the game on offense, defense, and through the kicking game, and that's backed up in his resume. He's been an offensive assistant. He helped Brandon Staley coach outside linebackers in his time in Chicago and a ton of special teams. But this was the part I wanted to focus on at the end of it. He said, also situationally, he's been instrumental in helping the Cardinals with game management. It's something that I'm really excited for him to bring to the Chargers. And that's the sticking point, David, because the Chargers were so bad clock management, game management-wise. So now the Chargers are bringing in someone not only to help, you know, the team with it, but also to help Brandon Staley with the process of knowing what to do in certain situations and having somebody, you know, that's there to help him and guide him with that. And that's obviously a place the Chargers need a ton of help. After seeing the disastrous decisions that unfolded in front of our eyes week after week after week, and 
regards to time management and game management, it is wonderful to hear that the Chargers and Brandon Staley is going out there and making it a point to not only bring in a guy who is a great teacher, who's a great special teams coordinator, a guy who has been around special teams, a guy that shares his vision about wanting to see each side or each facet of the game, special teams, offense, defense, in the same light and having that all be aligned. You have a guy that's not only known for time management, but has really been an asset in that in that regard. So it's great that Brandon Staley was able to identify that that as an issue and try to make steps or make moves to try to prevent that from being a problem later on. Yeah, and it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you want somebody who's you know specializes in that, and I think that's also something that doesn't pop up when you look up Darius Winton's coaching career, right? You're not seeing game management specialist so he's looking no, deeper into it than just seeing hey a guy who's coached a bunch of special teams over this many years and has bounced around the league a little bit so i do think it's very forward thinking and he also you know talked about just making them better as far as being you know a, not a terrible penalty team as well i mean that has to also be a huge focus of it but we do have one more segment to get into because we do have to get into some voicemails and we'll be talking about the Chargers not going after Robert Sala and instead ending up with Staley and if that was potentially to help get the coaching staff together a little bit quicker and also if Melvin Ingram makes more sense for the Chargers next year now that Brandon Staley is taking over and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys that if there's any auto part that you ever need, if anything gets broken in your car and you need something that you're having a hard time finding, there's only one place to go and that is Rock Auto. Com. They have everything that you are going to need, everything that I've ever needed for my car, rockauto.com has had, and I've needed some really annoying things, like I needed a right side passenger mirror on my car, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and I was really tired of walking into a bunch of different stores. With rockauto.com, I ordered it, put the type of car in that I had, got it sent right to my door, especially, you know, while, you know, everyone's on a stay-at-home order a lot of places, it's the best to just have it delivered right to your house, and the best part for me is I didn't have to worry about what the price was going to be, because with rockauto.com, whether you're a professional or just a daily driver, you are going to get the same price and the best price. They're not doing any specials for professionals. You will get a great price with rockauto.com. And all you guys have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys about the best protein bar in the world. And you know I'm talking about Built Bar because you guys know I love Built Bar. And for me, I always talk about with you guys, the best thing is having a protein bar that tastes good because I don't know about you guys, but if it doesn't taste good, if it's chalky, if it's dry, whatever the case is, I'm just not going to eat it eventually, no matter how good it is for me. So the best thing about Built Bar to me is just the variety that you can get. If you're eating protein bars a lot, you want to switch it up. With Built Bar, there's 18 amazing flavors, stuff for everybody, whatever you like, caramel brownie, carrot cake, coconut almond, peanut butter, banana bread, so many flavors to choose from. They're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. These are a great treat because they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and also great for the keto diet. And right now we can even save you guys some money on it because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into some voicemails, and we have some more that we weren't able to get into. Roberto, Deuce from Vegas, we'll definitely be getting to you guys. K-Dub, we will be getting to yours as well, but we have a couple I want to get into today. If you guys haven't heard the voicemail segment before, you want to call in and get your voice on the Locked on Chargers podcast, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every 
Chargers voicemail played on the show. But Zach, super fan Zach from Florida, one of our favorites, called in. I told him we would definitely get his call on today's show, and he brought a good one. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey, guys. Zach from Florida here. So now that we've hired a defensive-minded coach, could there be a possibility of us maybe re-signing Melvin Ingram for another year just to see how he can produce with this defense. Just want to get your thoughts and bolt up. I think this is a really good question because Melvin Ingram is someone that we don't think right now was going to come back to the Chargers if Anthony Lynn was there. And I think the biggest question is now is now that he doesn't have some of those relationships that he had when Lynn was here and we already thought it was unlikely that he'd be back if it makes more sense to bring him back now. But at the same time, in a different scheme, potentially, David, maybe he could be more productive than what the Chargers had him doing under Gus Bradley. I mean, that's possible, but I just think the Chargers, you know, although they have a decent amount of cap space, they have some other things that they need to take care of and other players that they need to re-sign, guys like Michael Davis and Hunter Henry. And I don't know how far that money is going to be able to stretch with, you know, looking at other avenues. And also, I think this is the opportunity to you know say goodbye to a longtime charter a guy who definitely gave you know his entire career to this organization and you know we're very proud and and very you know happy with what he has been able to do but uh, there's no secret that he's been declining the last couple of years and he's been out with injuries and also he's just a little expensive and i think it's time for uchenna and wosu to get all those opportunities to rush the passer and get after the quarterback Uh, without having Melvin Ingram in that spot. And also, I just don't know if the Chargers are going to want to pony up the amount of money that Melvin Ingram is going to command, or, Daniel, what his motivations are as far as playing that position at all. Right. He has publicly said, you know, and reached out to some of the greats around the league, like Travis Kelsey, about becoming a tight end in 2021. So you see where his mind is at right now. I mean, I think the money is going to be much better as a pass rusher, and I think that, That'll be enough to sway him to tack on as a veteran piece for a team that is in contention for a playoff spot. I do think he will have his suitors because I do think his value to the team isn't just, you know, what he's able to do as far as getting sacks, which he had zero in 2020. So it's definitely not going to be gauging it off that barometer. But I do think with Melvin Ingram, now that you have a guy like Brandon Staley who could be trying to go after a guy like Leonard Floyd, you know, or someone like that, or decide to try to get the most out of a Chen and Wosu, who you have one more year left to decide what you have in him. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for me at this point. And it sucks because he was one of the best leaders on the Chargers and was one of their best players defensively for a lot of years as a first-round pick for the team, which is very, very valuable. But good question, Zach. All right, let's get to the next one, which is a basically a two-part question. This is Sean from Phoenix calling in. He wanted to add in an extra note at the end, but I thought pretty much every question that you brought up, Sean, was very relevant to the Chargers situation right now, so let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. This is Sean from Phoenix, Arizona. I just wanted to tell you that I love your show. Thanks for keeping me updated on what's going on, all things Chargers. Uh, Just wanted to chime in on my thoughts on the Brandon Staley hire, if I could. Uh, I'm loving it. Uh, I was surprised, like everyone, that it wasn't Brian Dable, and I was expecting an offensive coach for Brandon or for Justin Herbert. But this is looking pretty good. My two concerns are, and it seems like nobody's really bringing them up, is one: if we were looking for a defensive head coach, wasn't Robert Sala the number one guy out there? Did we give him a real shot, or was Brandon Saley somebody even more important to us than Sala? And two. I certainly don't want to see an offensive coordinator come in and change every year because Herbert's lightening up every year, and because of that, the OC is getting hired as a head coach somewhere else. 
I'd love to see Herbert get some stability. I forgot to mention one thing that I hope is relevant. Do you think it's possible that they jumped on Staley instead of Dable because they just didn't want to wait any longer to fill a staff of coaches? Uh, if they had to wait another week for Dable or even another month if he goes to the Super Bowl, they could lose out on a lot of potential uh, coaching staff to support him. So I'm just wondering if they wanted to get a jump on those coaches before they were all gone. And that's why they jumped on Staley now instead of waiting for Dable for what could be a week or, or much longer if he goes to the Super Bowl. Just a thought. See if it's anything that makes sense to you guys. Thanks again. Bye-bye. So the first part here I want to talk about is the Robert Sala part of it. And at the end of the day, we don't know what would have happened with Robert Sala. Supposedly, he was supposed to come in with the second interview for the Chargers. And then the next thing you know, he was the Jets head coach, right? So we will never know if the Chargers were you know, trying to offer Robert Sala the job right then in there. So that is something that... They obviously liked him enough to bring him in for a second interview. We don't know what would have happened during that second interview, but there's definitely a chance. But I do think there's a lot of difference between, you know, what Robert Sala does and what Brandon Staley does. I mean, Sala was still a very heavy cover three guy. He blitzed a lot more. He was much more aggressive. His defense was much better, and he did it with lesser players at time. But Brandon Staley is going to go more of a quarters coverage type of thing. He has a much more exotic defense, a much more disguised defense, I would say. So that's in that sense, they were pretty different. But we won't know if they were really trying to go after Robert Sala or not. But I do want to focus on this part because it is something that we have brought up before, Dave. And that's just the fact that if you have a defensive-minded head coach, what about the offensive coordinators getting poached? What does that mean for Justin Herbert, who we already know has not, you know, had the greatest continuity in his career? It's something that you got to understand. It comes to the territory, and it's kind of a compliment, too. I mean, just because if Justin Herbert's going out there slinging the rock all over the field and, and making these coaches look good, then, you know, it's good for your offense. But also, I think that was why it's really important that uh, John Spano said that, that although, you know, you might have Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator, but the concepts and the vision for how the offense is going to be carried out is going to be coming directly from him. So that way, whether an offensive coordinator gets cycled in or out, I mean, the way they're able to deploy and execute the offense is going to stay the same. So I think that's smart. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, having some forethought with uh, how you're going to want to execute and do things. But um, yeah, I, I see it as a little bit of a compliment. Yeah, of course you want to have continuity for Justin Herbert. And yes, he's had a lot of turnover the in college and in his first year in the pros. So at least I think we know that we're going to have a, a head coach for Justin Herbert for at least four or five years. Hopefully uh, he has an opportunity to go out there and execute. But, you know, this is a team that's that's pretty good. And it, it, there's not they're not too far away from being able to compete pretty much right away. So who knows how long he's going to actually have. But as far as the offensive coordinator position, um, that's just a, a position that uh, any coordinator is a lot of turnover. It's just something you got to expect in the NFL. Right, but if you're you know an offensive-minded head coach like Andy Reid, it makes it tougher for a guy like Eric Bieniemy or even you know Matt Lafleur having to go to Tennessee before he ends up getting the job with the Packers because he wasn't calling plays when he was in LA with Sean McVay. So yeah, it definitely plays an impact. But that's also saying, hey, listen, if somebody's trying to poach your offense coordinator, that means you're doing things really well offensively. And if the base of that is coming from Brandon Staley and the offense that he wants to run with this team, then that's a great thing, right? And it would also mean that Justin Herbert isn't, 
you know, struggling too much with having to go with a new offensive coordinator if that guy is thought highly enough to go and get a head coaching job somewhere else. So those are good problems to have. And I think that, you know, if you're having the same offensive philosophy and you're just changing, you know, a few things here and there, if you have to bring in a new offensive coordinator, it's not that big of a deal, but you only know that once it happens. But I do want to get to the last part of Sean's question, which is, do you think there's a chance the Chargers jumped on Staley because they'd wanted to get a head start on building their coaching staff? So this is what I'll say about that. I mean, we know that they waited for Brandon Staley, right? They had other guys interview and they decided to keep waiting to get Staley over some of the other guys that got hired in the meanwhile, like Robert Sala, like, you know, Arthur Smith in Atlanta. So we saw them wait and not jump on any of those guys. But like I said, Sala could have still been an option. The other thing is, is it definitely could have been them. Wait. I mean, they could have definitely jumped on it to help build the coaching staff. You know, more guys are going to be gone the longer you wait. You know, the highest profile quarterbacks coach is going to be gone. But I would say at the same time, Brandon Staley's relationships are Brandon Staley's relationships. So the guys that he probably would have wanted would probably still have been there all along. But the truth is, we'll never know how interested they were in Brian Dable. But I don't think it's a crackpot theory to think, hey, the Chargers could have done this. And, you know, it could have been between Staley and Dable and they went with Staley to go and get a head start on building the coaching staff. It wouldn't be the best move. But I think they went with a guy that they didn't want to let get out of the building. And I think that's why they moved so quickly in hiring him after the Rams final playoff game. But that is going to do it for today's show. We appreciate you guys calling in with the questions. Once again, the phone number is 323-524-7924 for the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. I saw a couple of people got cut off. I mean, we're always definitely wanting questions that are around a minute to a minute and a half and have, you know, concise questions. I think you guys have done a good job for the most part, but the shorter they are, the better they are, the more likely they're going to get on the show. But until next time, guys, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers as well. We would really appreciate that. We're excited about some things we have going on on Instagram now, something we haven't used very much of, but we'd appreciate you guys checking that out as well as subscribing to the show. If you don't already, it's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. You can find us wherever you get your podcast from, from whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. And if you guys could rate and review, that would definitely help us keep the show going as well. So a lot to get into today. I hope you guys do enjoy the show. Tomorrow we will have Joe Lombardi in his first press conference. So we'll have some stuff to talk about there. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.